Welcome to Prepare Like a Pro Live Chats. My name is Jack McLean. I created Prepare Like a Pro early in the year. We are a strength and conditioning business that specialise in athlete development for football. If you're interested in working with us, please head over to our website, preparelikeapro.com, where you can check out our coaches, their bios, experience, both in their degree as well as practical, and our services where we have face-to-face training as well as online training packages. So our website is preparelikeapro.com. You can also download free training programs directly from our website. Super excited to catch up with Luke McDonald tonight. He's the founder of Leading Psychology, which is a psychology practice. Here he is. He's just jumped on. How you going? Mate, how are you? Going well. I was just getting into your intro, but thanks for jumping on. Looking forward to the chat. I'll, uh, while people jump on, I'll just quickly go through your intro about your practice and, and what you've been doing over a couple of years, and then we'll get cracking straight into the questions. Uh, for those that are joining us, feel free to send Luke a question. We'll go through a Q&A at the end by using the question button that you can see at the bottom of your, your screen. For those that don't know Luke McDonald, he's the founder of Leading Psychology. You can head over to his Instagram page where he posts lots of awesome content. Uh, it's a psychology practice designed to improve the mental health of individuals and the performance of athletes, and it's located in Scoresby, Victoria. He started working as a psychologist in 2016 at the department of Luke is currently working at the Box Hill Hawks. This is where I met him, uh, where he's the club psychologist and has a passion for helping athletes improving their mental game. So... We'll jump straight into it, mate. Take us back to the beginning. At what age did you realise that a career in psychology was something that you had a passion about, a passion for, sorry? Yeah. Well, thanks, first of all, for having me on. I think it's a good opportunity to, to touch base. First of all, I haven't seen you in a while, so it's good to see you and talk Absolutely. about yeah, the mental side of the game. But I sort of think it goes back to when I was 18, at the end of year 12, where I had to make a decision of where you want to go in terms of uni. And I was thinking two of my passions were sport and psychology, so I sort of thought, the best thing to do would be to combine both and go down that path. So I started studying. I completed an undergraduate degree yep. in sports science and psychology. So I got that done, went to my fourth year, finished that. So after your fourth year, what you do is you just decide which master's course you want to get into. So for me, I was thinking I'd go down that sports psychology path for a master's course. However, the uni that I was at didn't offer that course and the only option was to go up to yep. Queensland. So. I didn't want to relocate, so what I did is I just completed a general master's course. So I didn't do the sports-specific uh, master's course, but was able to become registered as a psychologist. And then from there, I just started working. I think you covered it off in the intro that I missed out on because it was lagging, but I think you talked yep. about I worked with offenders at the Department of Justice. And, and then from there, I slowly came back to sport while still working in private practice as well, working with people facing sort of general mental health um, challenges, depression, anxiety, addictions, relationship problems. Yeah, but sport's very much a, a passion of mine. Yeah, so that's sort of been, I guess, a, a very brief overview. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Uh, pretty fortunate position to be in at 18 to realise your, your career path. So that's great to, to hear that, you know, particularly at that age that you, you worked out your love for sport, but then also a career that you could work in in sport. So was it Master of Psychology, did that have clinical elements that you now apply to sport? And you found that, that yeah, although it wasn't sport specific, yeah. is helpful when working with athletes? Yeah, that's a good question. A lot of the stuff you learn in a general master's or a, I guess a clinical master's just won't relate to sport and a lot of it can as well. So I guess you've just got to be wise about that. I mean, when you're working with athletes, you're not just working with them in terms of their performance, but you're working with them 
regarding their mental health as well. So there's a lot of skills uh, that you can use with athletes at a footy club or in a sporting context that are very similar to what you'd use yep. with clients in a clinical setting. Yeah, but you've got to be yeah, wise about that. And, and there are sports-specific strategies and ways of working that I guess yeah, are fantastic. best suited to um, athletes. And along your way, since the age of 18, who have been some strong influences or mentors along your journey as a psychologist? Yeah. I was thinking about this before and I think just everyone who's, who's, who's been in contact with me across the journey, I think all the, the tutors, the lecturers, the, the colleagues, I was thinking a bit left of field with this question. I was thinking my clients, I think, have been a really big part of influencing my career. I think they've shaped me into the, the site that I am today and I guess they've guided me to be able to come to an understanding of where I want to be in terms of who I want to work with, which clients that I, I think I'm best suited to. So in terms of answering that question, who's influenced me, yeah, I think obviously family, colleagues um, and, and clients have been a big part of that. And ultimately, they've given me that experience as well that I need to develop my skills and improve um, in the way that I work with people. So yeah, I'll also, say clients have made that's, a big That's part cool of insight into yeah, there's a lot to learn from each other in, in any engaging sort of conversation, isn't it? Isn't it? But particularly that client teacher or client counsellor, whatever the relationship might be, if both parties are learning, you're probably going to get a good connection out of it. And like you said, you, you understand now the client that you work best with. Is that something that you can tell from the first session? Are you starting to just get referrals of, of similar cases that you sort of know that to work with? Or is it more to do with how the person is that is a good client for you to work with? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think over time, over the years, you kind of find that there's certain presenting problems or there's certain type of clients so in terms of maybe their age, gender, just certain presentations of, of clients that you come into contact with that um, are best suited to you and, and ones that you just prefer and others that you don't prefer. And so for me at the moment, yeah, it is, you know, athletes are one of those groups of clients who I like working with. One of the ones who I maybe don't like working with as much would be younger clients, so maybe under yeah. under 10, I maybe stay away from them. But that's just been through experience and through having that opportunity to work with them and then finding out that maybe other clients are best suited. So. It's a little bit of a trial and error process, but, I, but through, through experience and over time, you can kind of yeah, um, for sure. just and narrow that from down. From a psychology point of view, someone that's lived in Victoria this year through or in Melbourne, how do you feel the, the year in your lens? How, how do you feel that the year has gone for, for Melbournians? It's obviously been a different one, but yeah, for the athlete, but also just for the general people, family and friends, how do you think that we're, we're tackling it? How do you think people are now, now that we're coming out of this second wave, we're integrating back to normality? Yeah, how do you how do you sort of see things going yeah. for, for 2021 from a from a psychology point of view for people's mental health? Yeah, I think first of all, from an athlete's perspective, I think because there hasn't been the option to play sport, uh, I think for a lot of people it is that outlet that they like to go to to, I guess, give them balance in life and help them to cope with stresses they might be experiencing. So the fact that that's been taken away for the majority of 2020, it's been a real challenge and. I guess it's something that we can't control. As we've probably heard many times, we can't control what's going on externally. And so that's that's been tough, just experiencing or listening to people talk about that and the challenges of, of not being able to play sport or engage in hobbies that they usually would. I think just generally speaking with COVID, mm. there's just been so much uncertainty, which breeds a lot of anxiety, not knowing the future and what it looks like. I mean, coming out of COVID now, going into next year, I think it's just that adjustment. I think I've, I've spoken to a couple of people personally and professionally when they talk about mm. just interacting socially now can be a bit of a challenge, being surrounded by a lot of different people. So I think 
going through these challenging periods is a challenge, but it is, I think, something that builds resilience and it gives people an opportunity to support each other through the challenges they're facing. And I think when you look at it from the perspective of it does build resilience, I think you can see it as something to be almost thankful for and that we can have this opportunity to go through something not easy, lean on each other and get through it and then be stronger because of it. So I think it's actually... Yeah, that's a, that's a good insight. Um, it's particularly to hear it from a, from a professional as well, how to approach it from a mindset point of view. I mean, it's it's something that I've noticed. I don't know if it's because it's creeping up to Christmas, but I was expecting a lot of gyms and yoga studios and everything just to be pumping. But And speaking to people that are still working online, uh, apparently the online world has taken a hit. But then speaking to gym owners and yoga studio owners, it, it's not like the classes are back to normal, normality yet. So it just makes me think, oh, I wonder how people are going. Are they Has habits changed due to five, six months where you're out of routine? And it's take, like you said, the social element of it might be a bit overwhelming or maybe people are less likely, you know, a bit more staying at home. Lazy might use that word or whatever it might be. But it seems to be, from my perspective, that not everyone's just going, okay, we're open now. We're just going to go straight back. It, it's, it seems like it's a bit of a process for the majority, that is, in terms of a numbers game. But, yeah, like it might also be that the fact it's coming up to Christmas time and people want to be in restaurants rather than videos, which is fair enough too. What about with developing footballers, mate? What's what's a real focus or what you might call it a pillar for yourself? But if you're working with a new developing footballer at Box Hill, what, what's the focus for you in that circumstance? Yeah, a couple of key things that stand out. I mean, initially when you work with with any athlete is just that the buy-in that you need as a psychologist. You need to get that understanding that the player, um, the athlete that you're working with um, really is understanding really is invested in the process and sees it as important as well sees it as something that is worthwhile and and they need to be open-minded to it they need to be wanting to take part in it i think if someone is closed-minded to it it sort of defeats the purpose of doing any work with the athlete so getting that buy-in is important and that involves talking about professional athletes that utilize sports psychologists um, or implement mental skills training as part of their preparation for performance. Other things could be, often I like to ask a question around in terms of performance, how much of performance is made up of the physical aspects and how much is made up of the, the mental aspects. And if you put it in terms of a percentage, often it is maybe a 50-50 or they might even um, sway in favor of the mental side. And then you might ask them, or how much time are you investing in the physical as opposed to the mental? And, and a lot of the times it is skewed heavily towards the, the, uh, the physical side. So you can challenge them on that and say, if you think it is 50-50 or a lot of it is the mental, then what can we do to um, invest in that side and, and make you, I guess, more mentally prepared for performance? And a lot of it comes down to coaches as well. So in terms of selling them that idea that investing in this part of performance and, and preparation is, is an important thing. But other things to focus on that I see as pretty important with developing young players in particular would be talking around identity. Because I think particularly for young people, when they are around that teenage age bracket or into their early 20s, they're still trying to develop a sense of identity, who they are in the world. And a lot of times, particularly at the more elite level, growing up, they've been the, you know, the top footy player at their school and it can become a real part of their identity. Like, I'm the footy guy or I'm, I'm that person who's going to play AFL and... I think just having a little conversation around identity is important and I think if something is so closely linked to a person's identity, then there often is pressure attached to that and they can sort of often put all mm. all their eggs in one basket. Having a conversation around that identity piece is pretty important. And then there's the, the mental skills 
training side of things as well. So mindfulness and imagery is really important. I think developing confidence in young players is really probably a key thing. I think if there's maybe one thing to work on most, it would probably be confidence, instilling confidence in younger players and using those skills through the mindfulness or through through imagery to, to build their confidence. So I think those are probably a couple of key points, probably specific yeah, yeah. to and do they, younger players. Do they sort of overlap? Like your identity, having an understanding of your identity helps with your confidence? Does it work that way or are they more isolated things uh, to work on? Yeah. I mean, they could link. I see them at the moment as, as separate sort of things. I mean, but when you're working with an athlete, ultimately they're, they're a person, person first, then athlete. So I guess you can't separate any two things. They're, all, they're always going to be linked in some way. But I think if you were to sort of talk about that identity stuff, then it might reduce a little bit of pressure and they might feel a little bit freer to engage and yeah fantastic and, and there'd be a few developing footballers that are watching or may watch this recording in the future with clients that you've worked with in the past that are maybe an example for identity and then someone that you work with that's lacking confidence what would be a takeaway that people need whether it be a method that you would do for someone that wants to work on their identity or you've identified that's an important thing to focus on and equally with the confidence side of things someone that wants to work on building their confidence or maybe consistency of confidence for match day performance yeah that's a good good question i think for the identity stuff it would be more around keeping a good balance in their life so they're not like i said putting all the eggs in one basket it's not the be all and end all if they have a bad performance they don't perform to the the level they want to so having other things in their life that are important and other things that i guess make up that pie of what is their identity. So that can be study, uh, uni, other hobbies, other interests, other sports, engaging with family, friends. So just keeping that balance so that the footy aspect of their life isn't um, just all day, every day, 24-7. And I've got to take into account individual differences to that as well because what might work for one person might be very different for another. But I don't see too many times where being consumed by footy is, is a really good thing. Often it can be a pretty sort of tiring kind of thing and can lead to potential burnout so just keeping balance i know it's really basic but it is really i think important and in terms of confidence i think one thing i like is is imagery so what i like to do is you know get an athlete to imagine themselves in different scenarios so it might be scenarios that they've actually been in in the past or it could be scenarios that they could imagine mm. imagine themselves to be in the future and it's about getting them in that place so getting them in that place where they are they are in that situation and kind of building their resilience building their i get helping them to be more robust in how they can handle those situations. So, for example, imagine yourself in a situation where you've just made a mistake and how are you going to respond in that situation? Are you going to be in your, in your head for the next minute and not thinking about the next play or the next contest? So it's just training your, training your mind to respond to certain situations so that when you are in that situation in the future, you've kind of been there and done that already through the training. So that's one way and to work on that confidence piece is just to practice mindfulness as well, to stay in the moment. I mean, when you're in that moment, I guess it limits the opportunity to be elsewhere, to be dwelling on the past, thinking about mistakes you've made. So I guess having that prompt or having that cue as much as you can throughout a training session, throughout a game where you bring yourself back to the present moment and attending to what you need to at any given moment. So those are maybe a couple of little yeah, fantastic, mate. That's great. That's awesome too. Yeah, I'm sure for, for, for young footballers to, to hear that who may not have worked with a psychologist before, who's got it with sport experience, 
or may not have used those tips or been exposed to them. So it's good to have a couple of practical takeaways that they can apply to their training. And like you said, it, mental game, it might be 60-40 on the mental side or 50-50. So it sounds like training the way that you're approaching it with the clients. It sounds very similar to how I'd explain an acceleration drill. You want to train the way that you want to play the game. So you, yeah, you can see that um, transferring to performance makes a lot of sense. You've got to have that mindset and, and practice these things so thank you for that and we'll, we'll wrap it up what are you excited about for, for 2021 or well, for next year i'm pretty excited yeah. just to see the boys play again at box hill obviously missing out has been disappointing but other than that probably from just from my perspective just the the opportunity to implement some different ideas that i have in working with some of the players individually and working with the club um, as a whole that's something that i'm looking forward to having yeah the opportunity to contribute and help the club so Something I'm looking forward to and, and seeing how the players perform, particularly under the new coach as well and the new coaching group we have there. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But that's absolutely oh, fantastic, mate. Well, thanks for, for jumping on and sharing your knowledge and experiences. Awesome, Luke. We'll speak no soon, worries. mate. Take care, mate. Thanks for joining, no guys. Take care. See ya.